1: Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to get to know DPR Ian. He's an incredibly fascinating human being. He's from Australia. Has a K-pop past. We're going to get into all of it. Plus, we're going to talk about his brand new album, Mood Swings Into Order. Highly recommend. But please, subscribe to our podcast. Share with those you care about. And let us know who we should interview next. At x Show on any form of social media. Okay. Christian you here's DPR Ian hello beautiful human my name is Zach that is Dan and we welcome to the studio DPR Ian
2: hey is, is Thank that you so much
1: pronounced correctly
2: um yes that is correct DPR Ian yeah.
1: Ta- talking to that bad boy eat that microphone for me sorry yeah, DPR, a Ian. More yeah that's right. <laughs> I want you to be comfortable but you are a very sp- soft-spoken person
2: uh yes I am I am it's a lot of the um Uh. it's a lot of people misconcept that they think I'm very, like, loud, I guess, at first glance, image-wise.
1: Why? Is it your tattoos?
2: Maybe. Yeah, I believe so. (laughs) Your tattoos are beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Every single one of them actually has a a story to tell.
1: When did you start getting them?
2: Um, I think I started getting them about seven years ago. Um, Wow. It was just the first one I just got got out of because um, it was just pure... I was just rebelling against my company at that time. because um, I used to be in the K pop scene. Yes, C Clown. Yes, yes. Oh wow. <laughs> and you weren't meant to like uh get tattoos obviously as as an idol. But um I just went ahead and got one secretly on my chest. So what did you first get? Um it's just a motto that I live by. It's uh it's called it's called um be there, be down, be you. So it's just be there at the right place and always be down to do something and then be yourself. What was your company's reaction to it? Um, At first, uh, honestly, I don't think they really cared. Okay. But then um, afterwards when we would have to go up on um, stage and stuff like that, the costumes and stuff would have to be just catered to just (laughs) completely covering it. So I think that's when they started like getting kind of pissed.
1: Why why was K-pop a path that you chose to go down?
2: Um, I don't know. I Honestly, I, I came from um, a small town in uh, Australia, like Wollongong and I was just brought up in a, a full like Caucasian neighborhood. So I had no like Asian, you know, contact or relationship. So I didn't really know too much about uh, my own culture. So I think when I went to Korea, um, K-pop was like a huge culture shock to me.
1: Do you get discovered for K-pop before you go to Korea?
2: No, I, actually, I got discovered in Korea. And um, it was pretty crazy because I was walking out um, to the convenience store and uh, they just street casted me. Like this, this gentleman in, in a suit uh, wearing a tie just handed me out this, uh, I guess, ticket or something. Uh, like a flyer? Yeah, yeah. And he was asking me all sorts of questions. He was asking me, obviously, how old I was. And I thought it was like some shady business type of thing. Um, some like underground type of thing, so I didn't really mm, consider too much until it said uh like it had the company's name. So I called my mom and asked her about it. Uh, she said, "Yeah, it's a it used to be a fairly big company back in the days." Um, so I went the next day. Um, not knowing what I was walking into, it turned out. Um, I went to an audition, and you had. I still remember you had like 30 people just waiting in a line and I thought it would just be like an interview thing but apparently everyone was like rehearsing singing and I had nothing to prepare for so when it (laughs) came to my turn they were like can you sing and I was like "Uh, no Uh, can you dance I was like yeah I could dance Um, do you have anything prepared for us I was like no so they ended up just taking the, the guy that went before me used his track and after that it was like <laughs> man, it was just so embarrassing because I was I was b-boying freestyle to a song <laughs> that was just, a, a, it was a comical song, it was like, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just like um, it was by Psy you know, the yeah. com-style guy so he, uh, it was his song, but it was like a very interesting like very interesting retro-y like beat, nothing you would imagine b-boying to So I thought I think they thought that that was uh, funny, (laughs) and they just kept me like going through the whole song. And at that point, I was just like, "Oh man, I'm completely like screwed, I'm I'm fucked." And then I went home, and on the bus ride, they they called me back and they're like, "Come back in tomorrow." And that's kind of how it really started. Wow, yeah, crazy.
1: Did you go to Korea with the intention? Not at all. Like, did you have any desire to be in entertainment or make music before even going? <clears throat> um, well, I'm,
2: because I'm such a spontaneous person, um, I'm such a in the moment guy that whatever I guess piques my interest, I just delve right into it. And um, at that time, uh, I was into like b-boying, dancing. And honestly, Korea at that time was absolutely blooming. Uh, with winning like uh, championships, uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but they they were just dominating that world. So I just figured, you know, I'm I'm passionate about this. Uh, I want to do something with my life. Uh, I feel like Australia is not really the best place to be ambitious. You know, it's such a peaceful and comfortable country that you become complacent with a lot of things. So, you know, um, convinced my mum and. I guess after uni, first year of uni, um, I flew to Korea in the hopes of—I don't know what. Honestly, I have no idea why. I just—I was just—I was so ballsy, so I just went, no plan. And I just figured it would work out. And man, like the first year was just hell for me. Like, I—I oh, I remember just getting there. Ha- I didn't know how to speak a Korean, um, and I just went door to door. Like, just random people's doors and asking them if they wanted to dance with me. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did you film it? <laughs>
2: no, no, no. Um, well,
1: I think some, I'm confused. I that's very creepy.
2: It is. It is. If you think about it now, it's 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 pretty creepy. I, I guess that's how desperate I was and that's how- uh, just, Were you looking for friends or what were you looking for? Um, uh, friends too, but I think ultimately I wanted to start a movement of mm. some sort and I didn't know what it was, but- that was just my initial goal at the time. And I just, oh God, I'm starting remembering it back now. It's <laughs> so embarrassing. I can't believe I did that, but I, I did that. I went to door-to-door, asked people if, I could dan- if they wanted to dance or if they knew how to dance. And if they didn't, I was like, I can teach them. And it was just a matter of convincing these people at the door and they were just so confused with my broken Korean. So you can just imagine, uh, my God, it was just insane.
1: Yeah, but why? Well, I don't understand. Um, why would you do this?
2: I, I don't know. I think it was- <laughs> Would you gain out of it? I think I was just hoping to gain um, just some type of, I don't know, like some type of connection with people to start some type of revolutionary movement. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like a cult at this point, I don't know, but like, no, honestly, I just thought it would work out like that, but, uh, it coinci- yeah, did it? well, coincidentally, um, the people that I did manage end up like hooking up with were, uh, at the time, you know, YouTube was just hitting off. Um, so I, I had a lot of, uh, stuff on YouTube and a lot of people watched my stuff for tutorials and stuff like that. And I guess one of the guys that messaged me, who is now like DPR Live, Alive, um, we kind of um, met on there, you know, and he, you know, I just, I was like looking at his dance videos and I just thought, you know, maybe this guy could be it. And I just messaged him and I gave him a number. We should meet the next day. And he was from Guam originally, but he came to Korea the same time I did. Um, so... And then yes, yeah, it just kind of started growing from there. Like one, one thing led to another.
1: And, and oh, so how soon into you being a, a living in Korea, do you get recognized and scouted for K-pop?
2: Um, for me personally, it, it took about a year, I believe it was just very random. Um, and nor did I ever think I was going to do K-pop. Um, reason being, I just didn't know too much about it. Um, and I, I come from a, like a hardcore metal background. So I I used to just, for me, like my go-to piece, Zen music is just a lot of uh, like hardcore metal, grind metal. um, I've, you know, I was in a band before. So it was just, my world was just completely of that sort, you know. And then I guess when I came to Korea, it was just a cultural shock for me. I've just, and yeah, like I've never seen anything like that. I kind of thought maybe this, doing this just completely honestly, it would give me, it, it would grow me an audience for later being able to use that audience to do continue on with this idea of an of a movement that I had.
1: And know? it has, right?
2: Uh, yeah, apparently so. And um but Jesus man, the 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 type of stuff that I had to go through in that that period of time was just absolutely hell. I had no idea. So I kind of walked into the Lion's Den at that point and oh god it was just it was just a crazy experience. Like I it's uh it not only is it me trying to adapt to the culture of korea but just initially just uh like being a product i didn't actually think they would take that literally you know Mm, So, but they do they do i mean you hear about it all the time like uh uh you have you hear a lot of cases of of people coming out and you know just going and falling into depression and they have all types of disorders um I mean, that'll do that to you for sure. I feel like nowadays it's gone way better. Like it's kind of got filtered through with all the old heads.
1: Yeah, it's very different.
2: Very different. Very
1: like the cream has really risen to the top. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more consolidated in terms of what companies matter. Right, right, and right. And are shaping culture in a substantial way.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah.
1: the bigger the stars get, the more control, like, the yeah. pendulum of control will sh- will swing in their direction. Absolutely.
2: It would have to. It would well, have to.
1: to- 100%, yeah. but to be honest, like, you were a kid who was going to a convenience store <laughs> that was literally some guy in a suit handed you a flyer. You have yeah. zero leverage. No I don't worry. give a fuck if yeah. you have the best voice that yeah. side of the globe. Yeah, you have street, zero fucking leverage. That is
2: true. That is true. Street casting is one of the... I, I think they
1: still do it time to time. I mean, uh, by the way, almost... Majority of the K-pop stars who have sat on our couch where you're sitting today yeah, yeah. were scouted at malls. Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, in Sydney. Yeah, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Like literally everywhere, all over the globe.
2: Yes, yes, it is a thing. Yeah, um, I mean, don't they do that here too? Like they kind of cast you. Like
1: they used to have kiosks right. at the mall. That's right, right. You go to the mall. Interesting. And uh, some woman. Would come up to you and or your parent that was with you and be like, ah, oh, have you ever thought about modeling for your child? Your model, <laughs> right. your your child has potential. Your child's really pretty. Right. Imagine your kid on the side of a billboard. Right. right. That's but like that's it's not yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. Because the truth is, like when you get scouted for K-pop, mm-hmm. you actually get put into a program. That is true. That and that correct. That's program true. could funnel a bunch of different projects. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think it was also the notion that. Um, A lot of the kids, you know, they kind of fed this dream. Um, And especially when you're like that young, obviously very naive. So, I mean, I kind of signed my life away at that point. Uh, Just thinking it would just come somewhat offer me uh, an opportunity. The the crazy thing about the the scene in K-pop is, you know, we know of the big labels, like the bigger labels where, you know, you have uh, now BTS, like JYP and all that.
1: Um, SM, SM Hive Yeah,
2: yeah. So they, so you have that group, but then underneath those, um, underneath that group, you have a whole like almost a thousand other groups, <laughs> all trying to be the big yeah, guy. Man, and it's insane. Every they, uh, back then used to be a new idol group every week. Now it's every day and the, i you know and how i know this is you would go to these uh music broadcasting stations you yeah. know when you get to see your you know like your idols on stage and stuff there would be literally in the in the facility and in the waiting rooms there's like the waiting rooms are also divided into like you have like the vip waiting room and all that and in in one of the lower vi uh sorry when one of the lower um, waiting rooms like the they have just about like 50 groups that don't even get on to the stage and they just arrive in the hopes of convincing the pd to like let them on just today and then a lot of them would just go back <laughs> like that's that's everything set up during, during my time we did that yeah you know?
1: so how, how do you define an idol
2: um well for me technically i always thought the term idol was obviously someone, you, you know, you look look up to, you idolize, you know, it's like a role model. Um, that, I think that's why it was uh, a little confusing in my time because um, I think I first heard the term K-pop idol. So in, in, in just retrospect for me, I just kind of always thought that was, you know, like someone you really idolize, you know. So it was just interesting how they just turned that term into some. So, I mean, in, in, in a sense, it's kind of like they are creating somewhat of a role model but it's just the idea that that role model is such a perfect picture image right if for me too like i i'm korean but i was not like um i had no up till that point i didn't really know what that looked like like what a capable idol was and i still remember when i flew into korea for the first time everyone was korean and that shocked me first <laughs> um pretty funny and and on these billboards you had all these like very like mannequin doll looking um girls and you know I, I i thought wow that is that looks so nice aesthetically like it's pleasing and i find out later they're like a, a girl group and stuff and they actually like perform and stuff so that was very interesting
0: well at, <laughs> at what point into your time with c clown and the k-pop world were you like it's i gotta get out of here like this is not for me um Honestly, the minute I went in, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I stuck, I,
2: I stuck. why did you away. stick with it? Uh, just something inside me. I was like, um, you know, I like, I wasn't gonna just back down out of this. Like I was, I was too stubborn. We were trained every, a thing about us is every time we go into that building, <clears throat> we were told everyone's our competition. Um, and and by the way, guys, this is just like from my personal group experience. It's not talking for the rest, but and and you know, it's like we, we just keep a narrow eye. So like, but then it's funny because like the first time I saw like our team was doing one like that is when we went to the uh, waiting room and every single other team would just be, you know, conv- like collabing with each other, talking with each other, and we we were I was just shocked. I was like, oh my god! Like, are they allowed to do that? Um but so you know and then occasionally you'll find someone that you know um and they'll come over but then they'll send them away and um i remember the one of the most embarrassing times was um we went on so they they do like pre-record and you 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 go about you get ready at 5 a.m in the morning go (laughs) get your hair makeup done and then go to this place and then you wait about another four hours jesus christ and then rehearse dry rehearsal and then you you do another <clears throat> another rehearsal right before the show. And when you get up on the show, um, you do three minutes and you're out and you have to wait until everyone finishes. So for us, we went up, uh, one day we went up uh, as one of our second promotions. And, you know, like, you know how the red lights come on with mm. the camera? So you 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 have to fixate your eyes wherever it is. Uh, we had a hard time, by the way. The, the light was just tiny as fuck. So it was just, sometimes when you're dancing like you miss it um but i think one one of my members he he missed looking at the red light because when that comes on that's you know that means the camera's on yeah it's rolling so he missed one of those lights and then when we came back down we just got like yelled at like crazy because he missed it and and then they made us um like kneel in the corridor where everyone was like going back and forth from the stage to the waiting rooms and it was just the most Embarrassing, like
1: they made you kneel, which is like the most. It's it's either the sign of it's a sign of respect to someone you're kneeling to, or yeah. a sign of disrespect towards yourself.
2: Oh yeah, shame. shame, shame. Yeah, I wish it was a sign of respect. I mean, I kind of wanted to make it look like that, but
1: it was just no bowing is respect, yeah. kneeling is shame. Yes, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, yes. Ha- is it like a hard process <laughs> to adapt DPR Ian, or to at least make sure you're making the right decision when it comes to a name?
2: <laughs> now, yeah, a hundred percent. Now <laughs> I like I almost. You could, some some could say I, I turned like a full 180 of my image just to get away from that image.
1: But you know? <laughs> <laughs> also like Christian you use a cool name.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You you know, I have a lot of names. Um, uh, Rome, pardon, uh, you know, Christian, Ian, D. The reason is for me, I'm such into characters that I've always identified a different part of my life to be a different character. Therefore, I would give that me of that self a a name a different name
1: so if you Mm. do you create characters or the
2: oh no um rather than creating characters um because i'm not going to be the same me in 10 years and and so forth um so i always hit a like a stage in my life where i i know i'm transitioning and you know whether that be from metal to k-pop to dance and then now to this uh to film it, it just takes stages in my life, and I just kind of always like giving that a whole new identity.
1: Yeah. How do you define this stage?
2: Um. So this stage is Ian. Ian. So DPR Ian and.
1: What does DPR mean?
2: Well, DPR. Uh, you mean our company's name or? Oh, so it
1: is. So it is the company. I saw yeah. that it's a record label too. Yes.
2: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we just had DPR at the front of it. Got know. it. So, yeah. It's very interesting.
1: So how would you describe the music you're making now you go from metal to k-pop to what
2: uh, metal k-pop to just everything combusted into one now it's like it's just a whole array of emotions for me i uh at an early age I, I for me music was just everything but for me i didn't know but music was everything only if i could imagine something like on it so I've, i i'm a huge imaginer like i love I love to imagine, like if I'm not doing anything, I'm just imagining, not doing anything else.
1: So when you say music was a big part of that, was it making music or listening to music? Listening to music in the early
2: stages. Um, I You know, I remember elementary school, just go to the CD stores and you know, you could preview listening to them. I just based it on the album cover. I didn't know what, it, so a lot of the CDs were like uh, Moby, Jumeirah Choir, mm-hmm. um, and a lot, you know, just Covers that really spoke out to me and I just took the CDs and I listened to it and It was just I was just blown away constantly and I wouldn't leave the store until like they they kick me out And I would just go back home. So every Saturday Sunday I did that Um, it, Yeah, it was just it was such a For me it really filled my like highs and then in middle school um, I I remember I, I went manic for some reason and I didn't know what what it was at that time and I got diagnosed for uh, bipolar, bipolar one. I still remember I was sitting in math math class, and then all of a sudden, I was okay, and I started bawling out. Just, and my friend was like, "You hate math that much?" And I was like, (laughs) "I'm like, bro, you're not helping." And I just started like bawling, and I freaked out, and I ran, I ran outside, and that journey from that to the toilet uh, felt like a whole like trip of like things coming at me everything was like slow-mo and i was just such a such a weird feeling i've never felt before and i couldn't assimilate it with anything so i went home um and my mom mom, it was like oh you know it's just you know puberty or whatnot but then it happened again and again and again and um that's when i you know i i I went to the therapist and it was apparently like um like a bipolar thing was genetics it's just that my cell just kind of triggered during puberty um so my god like trying to control that was just a hell of a ride yeah
1: and what role does music play in managing that
2: so one of the coping mechanisms that they uh offered me was to channel that through creativity you know and i mean there's you hear it all the time but creativity and Bipolar or depression—they they come hand in hand. <laughs> so at at that time, I, I was an outlet for me to really take this in, into a, a fresh plate, kind of like a playground, and do anything as you will. Um, however, you know, I'm just, I, I sometimes wonder if that did me more harm than good because it's like you've just shown me a world where you can absolutely do anything you want with the feelings that you have. Like, I, from that point, just ran with it, and it became my, you know, my secret spot. But it started getting bigger, bigger. The things that I kept sweeping under the rug got bigger, bigger. And once I... It's hard because once you've... I don't know how to say this, but once you've, like, figured how to do this out, it gives you enough of a high and a manic to move on to something bigger and bigger and bigger and it just has been mounting like ever so less like it just kept building and building up to this point um and i just had to find a way to control it more and more because my outlet was getting smaller so i had to expand that and expand that and it was just i'm still trying to figure it out but it's um i just don't have a middle ground sometimes Mm. um uh it's not sometimes i think all the times
1: yeah which is kind of attached to the first tattoo you got yes yes. you're down for anything oh well that's a good one. <laughs> you're either you're you it doesn't matter the direction you're going you're hundred percent and then some in that direction
2: yes that is correct um i just don't like it how a lot of the times i make some of these uh crazy decisions um whether it be my highs or lows i i there's a huge differentiation with, with your highs and your lows that the, the, for example, if I started doing a project in my highs, and I started dipping, I can't go back to that um, unless I'm back up. So there'll be countless times where I would make a song um, during that phase, and if I do not complete it during my highs, I'll have to wait another cycle for me to come back to that. That goes to say, same thing with my downs. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's pretty tricky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So the first album, Mood Swings, in this order. Yes. And then you have a character, Mito, that goes along with that. That is correct. Can you explain like, how you came up with that whole idea? Yeah, sure. Um, so Mito, uh, I identify,
2: so as I've just said, it's like I've been living with a lot of manic highs and lows. But every time I'm in, I'm in that state, um, I change completely. Like it's as if my world's just been flipped upside down. And, and the crazy thing is there's no trigger point. Uh, there's no trigger point to this. It just is a chemical switch in in your brain. Um I think for me, I'm just sensitive even to weather. like so depending on the uh, the temperature of the air, if that changes, ice change as well.
0: Can you feel yourself changing? Absolutely. Okay. Um,
2: it, but what's been scary is um, it's been long time ago it it was more of a gradual thing. like I could just kind of feel the tip of it. oh, then I know. So I kind of prepare for it, but recently it's been just like just just abrupt, like just uh, and and I think that's what really shook me. Like um, I was on shoot the other day, not too long ago, and I remember I just blacked out. I was fine. I was like talking to, uh, you know, as if I was talking to you guys right now and I blacked out completely. And then I just um, the next thing I remember, I was in the toilet and I was just like the glass was broken and I was just like shaking. And I don't remember a single thing during that blackout and that's what really scared me and because I would have that but then I know if I'm coming to that point I'll go home and I'll just lock everything um so I I found I found a couple systematical ways that I do things um but anyway sorry going back to the miter thing so given that um I didn't just want to become any artist as I told you like a lot of the songs inspirations come from either my highest points or my darkest points, um, but I feel like it wouldn't have been right for me to come out as just me because honestly, it's not me doing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give that character power, persona, and more so tell my story through that character. You know, so he represents all that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are you on medication?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I had to take a few to come here. <laughs> um to be completely honest i'm like i'm dipping right now which is why i think i'm just like i look kind of dead um just to be completely honest um and it's it's just a cycle that happens constantly um actually i've never been <laughs> been on the a, on, a, on, a, on this radio talk show um in this state um but it's it's definitely something that i'm still trying to figure out you know i'm still it's it's a creative the creative outlet source the the things that I do um, it's definitely oh my god it is so destructive like uh, almost to the point where I I know it's destructive but I'm I chase chaos in such a way where it's like it just entails me now and um, I I don't further ensure like ensue chaos to anybody else which is why I think I think I'm so cautious and adamant to know willingly how this energy is really being portrayed or, or um, I guess influenced because again it's such um, it's such a heavy topic especially this next album that if I'm not like too careful with it I know it might send off the wrong uh, energy and I, and I wouldn't like to do that you know yeah,
1: so by the way, you're talking about mood swings. Yes, which is definitely in Very much tied to the conversation uh, we're having now. Very
2: interesting. Yeah. Yeah
1: Does making music help manage?
2: That's any of this. It's a, it's a good question. Um, I Don't think uh, it helps me release if, if that's a good way to say it. I don't think it I don't think in the long run. It doesn't help there. it I think it feeds in more into um, this this dark pattern that I have because again, it's, it comes from the idea that for me to now use this uh, as a reliant source of every time I go into these swings, it's almost like I'm abusing it <clears throat> because I know once I'm in here or once I'm down there. In the beginning, I only knew how to use uh, this when I was high, but as I got older, I started channeling that when I was in my lows. And I think that's when it got dangerous because I, I kind of started fucking around. And it just... The stuff that came out from here, though, was so much more impactful. It was, you know... this That's where So Beautiful came out of. And uh, my song, Nerves, and it was just so much more beautiful. Um, evidently, just because everyone was more gravitated towards that. And I think that's when I started getting a lot more curious about venturing off into that um, that manic side and and really just kind of juicing that out. And I think recently, um during this second album, that's kind of when I feel like uh, at a certain point i I felt like I stepped over the line because um, I started meddling with, I guess I know it's 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 something dark, so it's dark energy, but I started really meddling with that. and it just really zapped the life force out of me. Um,
1: Making music well in a manic state?
2: Yes, yes, uh, in a low manic state, but just completely abusing that. It's not uh, just purely for this, you know, um, purely for music or purely for this story that I'm, I'm creating. And-
1: um, But is it a story ripped from your reality or is it- I, I would like to- Imagination.
2: Uh, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a, a lot personal. But I've configured it in a way where it's relatively a fantasy. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting story. Um, this time I'm not releasing a music video. I'm releasing, releasing a short film. So it's going to be very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. I, mean, I can't wait for you guys to watch it.
1: <laughs> By the way, Mood Swings is the album. It is out now. Yes. Link in the description below. Also, we'll be playing records from it right here on AMP.
0: Thank you question so mood swings in this order was the first one and this is the follow-up mood swings into, into order. order
2: yes A little, okay little trick there and you know I yeah into. yeah I don't know what the third one's gonna be so if you have any ideas
1: <laughs> Wait, so it's not called mood swings no
0: it is but there is the first album was mood swings in right. this order the Got second now oh, yeah. is mood swings mm-hmm. into order
2: Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. it's it's like the acronyms for MITRE um, it's yeah, it's a very interesting name, I think. Just I kind of gravitated towards it. Yeah.
1: Is Mido you?
2: Um, in a sense, absolutely, yeah. Because he's me in my manic state. I don't think he's me when I'm like on medication. It kind of dumbs it down.
1: You Do you know? acknowledge that you are someone different when you are in a manic state?
2: Absolutely. Because the reason being is it's it's kinda like this. It's kinda like um I I can't recollect the thought process or the thought train that I had when I was in that state, and it's it's just it's almost scary to the point for me where um, I just can't imagine myself doing something like that. Hence the blackouts, and I think it's, <clears throat> it's very interesting because um, uh, you know yeah, I, my face. It's I don't know how weird this might sound, but um, again, like a lot, you know, your mental really plays key into also your physical state. So when I when I'm in that state my eyes sink in and just physically uh, everything goes in and it's just kind of weird that that always happens. Yeah. You
0: know? Mito too. can I call it mito too. Yeah, absolutely. That's were you awesome. a, were a lot of these songs recorded when you were on medication or in a manic state or is it kind of both? Um it's both. Okay. Both. Um
2: I'd say like maybe just one was when I was just mellow, um, but actually most of them, if not ninety, yeah, ninety nine percent, I'd say I was going through it. Yeah. How,
1: how does the song start for you?
2: It starts. Uh, you mean in this album?
1: I mean, in general, is there one way? Is it a lyric? Is oh, it a piece of production? Uh, for
2: uh, for me, it's a it's imagination first. So I I think of the I think of a a character. I think about how that character f- uh, feels, how he looks like what He's wearing, and then I, I put that character into um, a setting um, whether it be driving down a highway just completely high off of something and he's fuming and his pedal keys and his pedals aren't working. And you know, it's night and it's like you have like comments coming down. So I, I draw this uh, visual image of my head, and then I, I imagine what that might sound like in his head. Um,
1: different character every time. By the way, get a little bit closer, to that mic Oh, sorry, sorry. That's no, okay. Yeah. Is it a different character for every song?
2: Um, yes, yes. So, uh, just to give you a little backstory. This story that I'm creating is—it's <clears throat> it's going to be pretty interesting. There's a there's a god that creates uh, this universe, um, and funny enough, this god is a clown. Yeah. <laughs> playing homage might as well make something out of it Um, what better God to have right? Um, and and this clown starts you know fucking around and he starts um, making all these characters and stories in a reflection of who he is he gives each character a story to tell and his first creation um, gets jealous of all the other creations you know bit biblical but he gets jealous and the first story that he's ever made or the first creation that got jealous uh happens to be an angel an archangel and this archangel gets jealous and the clown obviously sees the dark in it and decides to banish him but what that further does is it it changes him into like the demon king that he is now Um, it changes him because he goes through a phase of Betrayal, love, and that love coming, love to fury. And you see the transition where he goes from this to the darkness that he is. Cuts into present time. This guy hasn't forgot. He swears to destroy every single one of this God's creation. He, he decides to infect, not destroy, infect every one of his stories, making him the main character of each story rather than the Ian that he set out to be. So he does so and until one day the the clown gets a brilliant idea to throw something a little a little something into this story that confuses this miter and pretty much he's trying to find a successor as well so that i um, you know just long story short that's kind of the basis of what the story is that darkness being mitered by the way the first creation
1: yeah this is beautifully intricate
2: it is intricate thank you but <laughs>
1: and as much as it is a story that's you know from your imagination yes you could definitely hear the reality that exists
2: yes oh that's nice then that's good i wanted to touch up on that too for sure
1: you got to listen to this body work it is very much out there it is, so is this is going to be like a series
2: it's going to be a series um a two-part series the first part again just um the introduction to uh i i'd say the first album mito is more of um showing showcasing mito for the first time not really exploring too much into depth. the second album now is talking about the origins how he became to be and present day story
1: yeah what have you taken with you from your time with c clown and as a trainee mm-hmm. and applied to this the so clown aspect of it, <laughs> um, you know,
2: that goes without notice. But I think what ultimately C-Clown experience led me to do was, um, like, I'm I'm a very expressive person uh, through through a creative medium. C-Clown allowed me, like, it humbled me to pent that up, if you know what I mean. Like, um, the amount of um, times I felt like I was deprived of really being able to show what I want to show because again, it's it's not your dance, it's not your song and you're, you're not doing, you have no control over anything yeah. you do, you're a product. So I think that amount of frustration uh, led me to really, really valuing the moment when I do decide to get to uh, do my own thing. And I think, because again, you hit your lows and once you come back, you're like, okay oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna kill this. And I think that drive, uh, yeah I was just like crazy about it and uh, you know that's why I thank them for giving me that drive I would never regret I don't regret a single moment mm. when I was there you know and obviously a lot of the people that I met uh, other teams um, that was definitely a bonus you know yeah
1: and I mean you do have an audience that is continuing to grow and supporting you as you yeah, that's, that's write amazing. your own stories
2: yeah that's crazy to me like I've never understood that concept i um you know it's like i'm not trying to be like humble or anything but i really never i i guess i never thought to myself um especially with the word fame you know um because i don't think i was ever in it for uh, something like that i like the keyword audience um i want to grow out an audience uh to tell a story an interesting thing my me and my friend was having a, a conversation she asked me if i was an entertainer or a, or a storyteller. Hmm. And I had to really think long and hard about that because um, I do love entertaining people, but then I thought, I feel like the only reason why I love entertaining, whether it be dancing, music, or, or film, is so I can tell my story, ultimately. It have a better way to... Um,
1: convey, convey the message. Yes, convey
2: the message in a very tasteful way. Um,
1: so you can be both. Oh yeah, and by the way, yeah. I think the greatest entertainers are the best storytellers. Oh yeah,
2: actually, yeah, that's 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 a valid point. Yeah, you're right.
1: I think about it. Yeah, like the most original form of entertainment was a story.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually, you're even right. fables. That's true. That is true. That's something to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah. What are like you that. thinking?
0: The last question I had is: when you listen back to the music, can you tell the difference just by listening about what kind of mindset you were in? Um.
2: Y- yes, but I I for example won't be able to relate at all like it's like um it's almost like its powers have been just stripped away when yeah. i listen to something uh for example a song like um so beautiful was like in one of my darkest times that's why it's so eerie i when i listen to that now i i remember doing it but it it feels like it, i don't feel it you know what i mean I don't, it doesn't fit it doesn't hit me in a way because it was so i because i think i've exhausted everything that i felt about that only in that period of time which is which is why i'm a living nightmare for like business people because it's like <laughs> <laughs> depending on how i feel it's like this would come out yeah
0: wow that's so interesting
1: yeah yeah but you're your own boss
2: um yeah i guess so. i i'd like to think so I like <laughs> taking orders too much
1: <laughs> but you own your label right it's all you um yes
2: uh me and uh, me and uh this other friend it, we we were uh scott by the way we were a collective i think we all came up in this uh starting with a few found men, uh founding members we started just as again like a bunch of kids um just doing it for fun and I mean, I mean, I brought all together all, all, all the people that we're in, and everyone else, well, Scott especially, helped structure this whole um, brand the, the day it is. You know, it's crazy, yeah.
1: It's, and it's continuing to grow.
2: I know that's crazy. I'm, I guess it's such a, uh, it's insane. Like you know, like we're here to just put on a show, you know, and we just we would hope people would enjoy it take. Whatever they want from it but at the end of the day it is putting on a show for everyone i got to keep reminding myself this is why i do the things that i love doing you know and um it it is a nice friendly reminder when someone you know like yourself would say that because i i don't get enough time outside of uh what i what i do especially when i'm because i'm right now i'm editing as well and it's uh, it's driving me insane
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're just too busy making it. You have no yeah. idea what is going on around yes, you. Yes, yes,
2: that is correct. So, you know, things like that, it's it's, uh, it's very nice to hear. It's working. Yeah, so thank you so much.
1: DPR Ian, listen to the music, please. It's called Mute Swings. That's the album. Put in your ears. What?
0: Hey, you are just so fascinating. Oh, really? It's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm so, so much. glad we did this. Yeah, oh, you're definitely
1: God. easily like the coolest K pop. Oh. <laughs> Person we've had on or ex-k-popper. I mean because you're not you're not an idol anymore. Oh, yeah You're an idol to me. Oh, yeah cool, in your cool. current form.
2: Thank you. That means a lot yeah. Well, I
1: think the definition of idol is gonna change over time. Oh, yeah, right, right, right I really do believe that I know like you think I'm crazy. No, no, I don't think but you're I, crazy. I don't know I do think that there's gonna be different versions like I'm telling you like yeah America doesn't like perfect Right, like our right. biggest stars are like, they right. look like me. Like we're fat and we're right. ugly and you know, yeah. we, we like have zits and shit. Oh, um, you're not ugly. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I'll take the charity compliment. <laughs> no, but like they, they, they look normal. You know, yeah. they look like they'd be among us. They yeah. look like somebody you, you don't feel yeah. intimidated to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's, for me, that's very idealistic. I think I like that a lot more. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so
1: right. I want to see that definition change. Happy,
2: yeah, absolutely. actually, yeah. Definitely a lot more proud of that. Like for me, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I guess the genuinity, the realness of it, the rawness of it. That's what makes people relate more, right? Yes. Yeah. The, so. th-
1: th- they actually look like a friend. You can yeah. approach them. You you're not afraid to talk to them. That you don't correct. feel less than yeah. by yeah. being next to them. That's
2: correct. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I think it could happen. Yeah. I believe you though. <laughs> Let's see. I believe you. It's good. Well, it's what people want. I think I mean, deep down.
1: I've been like I've a fan of K-pop. Yeah. The Wonder Girls is, are the first oh, girl really? group to ever uh, first K-pop group to ever come on our show. Wow. wow. Yeah, that was in 2009.
2: Wow, that is a while ago. Wow. Yeah,
1: 2009,
2: 2010. Wow, my goodness. you yeah, Have
1: been doing this for 15 years.
2: Do you, uh, I mean I'm sure you do, but like does it ever get like too flustering for you to like is this more oh no if you get so at, at a point you're in
1: my fucking territory motherfucker. Right, <laughs> you're right. coming into my zone i'm in charge here
2: interesting how did were you when you got into this position though did you immediately kind of felt like you owned it or did it take a lot of time for you to just meld into this
1: great question mm. um there's two sides so one side of what i do every day is like Like an audio diary with my friends like I get a chance to talk every day about my life and talk about news and stories and all this shit that's going on right that came natural because the reason I started a radio show to begin with was because I had no friends Mm -hmm. I literally I transitioned from a tiny Catholic school to a large public school so like a tiny private school 80 kids were in the whole school yeah yeah to a school that had 2,800 kids. 2,800. Wow. And I had no friends. Nobody knew me. Oh my God. And I would go for months, bro, on end where nobody would talk to me in the really? school hallways. Oh. Like the teachers barely acknowledged me. That's crazy. So I had so much, like, almost like what you were saying in terms of you were deprived creatively. So when it was time for you to go, yeah. you had so much to say. Yeah. The second, like, I thought somebody was on the other side of the speaker listening to me uh-huh. was the second I just became the most free.
2: So Interesting.
1: this thing became my best friend, Right. the microphone in as like an, like a symbol, but really it was the people on the other side of the speaker. Mm-hmm. So what came really natural was sharing right. every aspect to my existence. Wow. I mean, to the point, like when I get good news, like yeah. my sister had a baby mm-hmm. a year ago and I found out wow. three minutes later, I was on the radio telling everybody wow. like that's, this wow. is my friend. Right. So, that came natural. So, there wasn't much of a learning curve. Right. That's a, oh, wow. But interviewing, I mean, I don't know, maybe... I'm sure there was a learning curve, and I'm sure right. there's been, like, if you go back and you, because I've been interviewing people for 15 years, so, like, and it started over the phone, and they were always longer than the usual, so, uh, yeah, there's, de- I definitely was not nearly as comfortable as I am today, like, even a year and a half ago, you two are, years like, ago.
2: natural at it. And, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow.
1: Well, definitely, yeah. I care. Like, I right. care about people. I'm right. innately curious. Mm-hmm. I also, like understand that there's a root to everything like yeah, nothing just yeah. is
2: yeah I, I think i realized that about uh i mean I watched a few of your interviews I oh think thanks you're you're you have a very sensitiveness to understand and therefore i think it really um you have this aura where you you give the i guess the person that's being interviewed uh enough comfortability to like really just open up i think that's <laughs> gifted because that's like uh you don't really see too much of that even if people are you know interviewers or, or whatnot Um, It's that sensitivity you know, and I think that detail I think is is very impressive. It goes a long way. Yeah, it does, absolutely.
1: I I think it is like a, it's funny, between therapy and I've been doing, I'm not bragging, but like the New York Times Mm -hmm. in America is huge, Mm -hmm. and they asked to profile me for their Sunday edition, Mm -hmm. so I've been spending i'll spend five hours with the guy writing a story wow, but like i'll yeah. spend five hours with him at one time and then spend another 10 hours with him in two different sessions right, right. so i sit down and i really we, the, these conversations are the conversations yeah, we're right. having yeah and i think a lot of it's empathy i mm-hmm. think um okay i am um, also it's like a you know it's a deep deep understanding right. of like i don't know man like yeah you grew up like kind of poor
2: right right
1: in a single with a single mom mm. whose job it was to be a social worker in like the poorest city in new jersey right she gave up 37 years of her life to like take people off the streets and give them homes wow. um veterans single moms yeah. drug addicts older people who were neglected by the right. system right. my mom dedicated I love th- that to that. 37 years That's crazy wow. yeah making no fucking money no. carrying everybody's story and their issues right. as it was her own okay yeah um so I think that definitely plays into it. Right. And then also like, uh, you know, I don't know, I grew up very diverse.
2: Interesting. And that, so that's probably, would you say because of that, that made you like a very empathetic person?
1: Definitely. That yeah. Well, that, and you know, that, that did, that's- I'm also, my dad was a raging alcoholic forever. Oh gosh. My yeah. sister, I mean, you know, is bipolar. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, there's a thousand different things. I mean, my extended family is from Honduras, so I oh, wow. watched, like, first-generation Americans grow up around me. Oh, no, I have a crazy life.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. it's That's definitely... it's very interesting.
1: I wouldn't recommend being close, like, lower-middle-class, right. you know, poor to anybody, but, like... Yeah. It is what you make of it. Right, And right. I was innately curious and all I wanted to do was make friends even though nobody really wanted to make friends with me. Right, right. So it all kind of...
2: That, I mean, I think it, it worked out then, really, didn't it? Like, I mean... It was like you were bubbling that up too and then it just... Totally. Like, when you found the outlet, it was just like this... You just kind of all these things that you're penting up just like exploded somebody
1: and was just, there to listen even yeah. though if nobody fucking was because yeah. i knew eventually somebody would be yeah yeah I,
2: I think it's beautiful
1: i had no idea that at a certain point there'd be a million and a half people listening every night wow. i had no fucking no. clue couldn't have bet yeah. that one no. but uh yeah
2: that's crazy man that's uh, well i think that's amazing That's such a beautiful story
1: well yeah. i'll send you the new york times oh, yeah <laughs> i fucking around I appreciate you even bringing it up that means a lot because you know people we're not here to talk about me we're here to talk about you
2: oh yeah the
1: conversations do go two ways
2: oh yeah I mean no I I was genuinely like I wanted to point that out I really want to say that to you because again um, for me it's very important uh, because a lot of people like talking and even like uh, but not many people listen I think (laughs) you know it's it's and again it's a very hard thing too like putting oneself down and really listening you know really engaging
1: but that's like what i love
2: yeah see that's amazing (sighs) that's that's so natural to you and i think that that too is a gift honestly i know it's like you can just tell people to do that but um I always always realized there was was not too many people that are, you know, listening, like,
1: actually. Really listening. Really listening. There's a difference between, like, surface-level listening and you're there. Yeah, yeah. But, like, like, I... I haven't looked away from you. Mm. Like me, yeah, I looked away from you like once. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I really,
0: I'm, yeah, I listen. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I could feel that from you guys. But you're also super fascinating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who doesn't always listen. Oh, here's, that's really? me. There's sometimes, I'll be honest, in interviews <laughs> where my mind's drifting in a thousand places. And the next thing I know, I'm like, well, I have no idea what was just talked about. <laughs> oh. And man. I just hope that I don't re ask a question that was already asked. <laughs> oh. But you, you have uh, Like your story uh, just locks people in. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. That's,
1: that's I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah effortlessly cool and effortlessly beautiful
0: thank you
2: oh my god that means a lot <laughs> that means a lot to me yeah for sure
1: y'all should listen to mood swings yeah. do it dpr ian i really appreciate you thank you thank uh you so christian you nice. yes still a cool name
2: still a cool name i'll i'll definitely go back to that then <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. keep doing what you're doing because it's definitely fucking working <laughs> yeah. thank you so much thank you uh, thanks for spending your album release with us i really couldn't appreciate it more oh, man no
2: absolutely it's a it's an honor um you know, I think this is, was the perfect place to do that, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: our door's always open, our studio is always here, and uh, hopefully this is the first of many.
2: Oh, of, of course, I can't wait. Yeah, thank you. Thanks thank for you being here. Much. No, no, thank you.
1: DPR Ian, everybody. Woo! Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Christian, also known as DPR Ian. Highly recommend listening to his album, it's called Mood Swings Into Order. And if you wanna see the video of the entire interview, it's up on YouTube. Zach Sang Show, search it. And please let us know who we should have on the show next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and please be safe. Hug your family if you can, and don't go to jail. I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. Today's show was hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Music by James Aschuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel
0: Chavez-Crook
1: and Ivan Wayman. Host production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Doristock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Hurlis. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.